Hello, everyone. It was a difficult Sunday for some of you guys out there. A Sunday where the chalkiest, the most popular, the easiest possible lineup won somebody a million dollars. Well, today we dust ourselves off and we get back up on that horse because there's a Monday night football showdown to hit on. Also, a lot of things to talk about, whether I should be panicking, whether you should be panicking. We're going to hit on it all right after this intro. <music> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday or Sunday boy, another solo spags edition of Splash Play, where I am, uh, I would honestly say, still uh, vestigially hungover from my 20 year high school reunion over the weekend. So, giving away my age as somebody who graduated when they were 17, wink, wink. <laughs> so, there, and I say wink, wink as though I, I'm not lying about that, to be clear. That is, in fact, the truth here. But no, it is, of course, a splash play today. We're going to dig into the panic and no panic for the week. A lot of things to freak out about, a lot of things to be worried about. But one thing that you should never worry about is being here on this channel and engaging with the content, watching me live, watching Pete live, watching us after the fact as well. So make sure you subscribe down below, hit the like button, comment as well. Found out that our, our ads aren't running right now because I had to verify my identity, but have no fear. I am the person I say I am, a mildly competent fantasy football analyst named Chris Spaggs. So please subscribe, like, and comment down below. Um, we're going to, again, do some Monday Night Football coming up in a little bit. We have to get into the news for the week. Some uh, news that broke today, actually. Matt Rule fired as the Panthers head coach. And as you guys know, if you followed the show all offseason long, love talking about head coach news. Love talking about coordinator news. It's so important and people don't even know about it. I also forgot, by the way, I was going to do a bit about like, oh, I need to drink after yesterday's stream. But legitimately, I do want to have a beer right now. So this will be my, my ripoff of Pete's ASMR for you guys. I will open this beer. Woo! Oh, that's how you, that's a fresh beer. Just dropping bottle caps on the floor. No regard for the basement tiles below. But cheers to you guys. It's Monday at 2 p.m. at Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. I don't think we celebrate Columbus Day anymore. <laughs> so tough one for the Italians. Good day for people in political correctness and probably doing the right thing. Ah, but anyway, Matt Rule fired finally after uh, really seasons of incompetence thus far. Certainly not. I've been doing the best with that team, a team that you know has had some talent. Certainly, Christian McCaffrey. I know a lot of you guys, if you're watching this one, probably bummed about McCaffrey though. It does seem like he's found his footing a little bit lately. Uh, will be Steve Wilkes taking over as the interim head coach. A lot of reports tying Niners DC D'Amico Ryan's to the Panthers in the offseason. Uh, given some of their defensive talent, you would think a coach like Ryan's who's got a lot of potential. Uh, really, just squeeze every bit of potential rather out of his team in the Niners. Some they couldn't end up going over there, but uh, also Baker Mayfield hurt. X-rays in his foot were negative, so sadly for everybody out there, sadly for me as somebody that was a fool enough to play this man in the afternoon slate, Baker Mayfield looks like we'll be back out there and uh, not doing much probably with Ben McAdoo calling all the shots for the offense. That's going to be a lot of fun. Rashad Penny sustains a serious fractured fibula injury uh, that they were testing this morning, taking some extra MRIs, but it does like he is, look like he's going to be, in fact, out for the season. And this is one thing I will say right now, which I actually have some more data to get into. In the panic, no panic, uh, panic segment coming up next, you, we, you want Kenneth Walker. If you're a season-long player out there, if your team is languishing, you want Kenneth Walker. If you were in best ball and you are like me and you took 12% Walker, 13% Rashad, Penny, probably a break even, but you absolutely want to pick up Kenneth Walker. He's a waiver wire pick this week that I'm sure, you know, if you're watching a lot of streams tomorrow, 
a lot of short form content. If you're browsing TikTok, it's going to be the obvious play tomorrow. But I will say it right now. And again, I'll give you some guys uh, some data coming up here as well, showing you guys my data sheet for Monday Night Football, too, which has made some strides and helped me find some successful angles on uh, yesterday's slate that didn't end up winning me money, but still felt good. T. Higgins' ankle injury kept him out in the second half versus the Ravens. Uh, according to the coach, Jack Taylor, he could have been used situationally if they needed to. Uh, I am going to be a little bit worried about T. Higgins moving forward. It seems like he's just cursed this year. But let's perhaps save my full hyperbolic fears for T. Higgins and the Bengals overall for the panic, no panic segment. James Conner reportedly okay after a rib injury knocked him out versus Philly. Darrell Williams also got knocked out of that game due to a knee injury. Saw a lot of Eno Benjamin. Could be the case this week as well with a lot of Eno going at Seattle. A Seattle team has given up a lot of production on the ground a lot of production overall certainly players that you might want this week uh coming up here so we will track the james connor injury as the week goes on but guys it is time in fact to do a little panic and no panic i wish i need to get an intro at some point here but we're just gonna go right to the slides here get right to business as we pull up the panic or no panic of course the rankings my proprietary rankings and i think it's time to panic if you are a rashad penny owner if you are somebody that felt like you got a good deal on him as i thought i did you know penny and kenneth walker flipped adps in best ball off seasons uh certainly in redraft leagues as well there were some out there where you were going to see Penny going behind Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker now is the guy who's going to get all the work. These two guys actually have graded out very similarly. Kenneth Walker on the year, though, looking a little better in a small sample size. And these numbers are through last week, not uh, through yesterday. So there's probably, honestly, uh, I would think Kenneth Walker's going to look even better after some of the big plays that he broke. Kenneth Walker, though, on the year so far, 53% avoided tackle rate compared to Rashad Penny's 25%. Obviously, as Walker's volume increases, that number's going to come down a little bit. But still, that's a big number for a guy who's been getting some amount of touches, a good amount of touches when he's played so far with Kenneth Walker. Also coming off of a hernia, also a young guy. Kenneth Walker, the, the scouting report on him coming in, which we talked about a lot of football outsiders during the offseason. I know our guy Mike Tanier was very impressed with him. Again, I, I will mention it. The Senior Bowl looked great. Definitely looked good to the eye. I looked good to the, the very trained eye of both him and some of the GMs that he spoke to at the Combine. But overall, definitely a player that profiles well. And if the Seattle offense continues to run good with, with, uh, with, with Geno Smith, at the helm, uh, then we could certainly see the rushing game have production there. Gino's going to force the ball downfield. Not all of those will always be touchdowns to Tyler Lockett. Not all of them will go to DK Metcalf. Sometimes they'll get stopped in the one-yard line. So we're going to really see Kenneth Walker shine as a guy who, again, according to player profile, profiled like LaDainian Tomlinson coming out of college. So that is something you should not be sleeping on. Pick up Kenneth Walker if you have any opportunity to do so. And honestly, if you're doing best ball resurrection, Boy, if that ADP doesn't get up too high, and it probably will over the course of this next week. But if you're drafting today, drafting tomorrow over an underdog, uh, A, use the promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to $100. B, draft Kenneth Walker because he's probably going to soar here uh, down the next few days. Uh, no panic, number one, though. I'm going to pull it up here. And uh, I think this is one where I do, like, there's going to be some people that are really freaking out over this one. But the chalk donkey, <laughs> I, I had to censor myself on the slide, but I will say the chalk donkey-ass motherfuckers out there. Leonard Fournette, a monster play yesterday. Derrick Henry, a monster play. Josh Allen, double sacks. Could have won you a lot of money. All monster plays. And people like me, people like you did not play them. You know why? Because we have been brainwashed over the last few years about ownership. This year, it has gotten even more egregious where you know, I love Pete to death. I know I've taught, you know, seen him watch all of his shows. I think he does a great job explaining these concepts, talking so much about ownership and how you have to avoid these things. And ultimately, it's gotten to the point where I think we've forgotten the importance of positional reliability overall. Like There were a lot of running backs you can go to, so that's why people got away from Fournette. But ultimately, his combination of upside plus you know the point total there didn't quite end up getting to, I think, the 
28 implied points it was by the time the game started. But still a lot of production expected for the Bucs, a team that certainly has relied on the run this year to keep pressure off of Tom Brady. That's the kind of play we should have all had some more comfort with. And I think it's still a matter of managing exposures. Like, you know, if you know that, you know, Leonard Fournette's going to be 20% projected owned on ETR, or on Stochastic, on Roto Grinders, wherever you want to pull your ownership projections from, then you want to probably not get a lot more than that 20%. The issue is you still want to get that 20% because it is still reflective of the likelihood of Leonard Fournette being a running back you actually need. And it was something, too, where I did some Battle Royale drafts this week because I knew I was going to be able to play uh, the same DFS load when I was traveling back from New York on Sunday. But I played some Battle Royales, and I, a couple times I was like, you know what, I'm not going to take Fournette here because everybody's going to be on Fournette. Everybody knows he's a great DFS play. It's definitely something that can make people freak out a little bit too much. So I think it's one thing where I don't think you need to always play the best plays. I still think there are some times where I felt like there were some teams I made this week that I'm going to talk about in a second uh, that were pretty interesting and got off the beaten path and also gave me a chance to maybe have won a tournament if things broke right. But overall, I think it's still something where, you know, if Fournette is 6,900 and you feel like his ceiling is 35 and then all the other plays that have a ceiling of 35 are also guys that are in the 8Ks and the high 7Ks, certainly something that's going to be a little bit, you know, easier to, I think, navigate for your head moving forward and something that I will be a little bit less afraid uh, to do overall. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Gator. Shout out to all the regulars as well. Of course, our accountant Willis, who is grading out our ride or die picks that are hitting at an alarming rate. Uh, so that's something that I'm very happy about, but we'll talk more about on Friday. Pete, unfortunately, won the week of ride or die picks. So if you are playing the home version, uh, we'll talk more once Pete is here and he can victory lap it right in my face. Tanner, if you hang on here, I'll take your either or afters, but I'm not going to like, I'm doing it. I'm doing a fucking segment, Tanner here. Man. <laughs> I got to keep a structure if it's just me talking away, yammering away. But if you hang on, Tanner, I'll take either ors. And of course, if you guys have any panics or no panics yourselves, leave them in the chat and I'll read them out loud at the end of the segment. Uh, no panic number two, though, or actually no panic number two. This is definitely a major panic number two for me. Um, I'm deeply concerned about Kyle Pitts, guys. Like, I, this is now a thing where, and again, I say this to somebody deeply invested in Kyle Pitts, as I've talked about. He was a guy that fit a lot of the combined theses of what I believed in best ball season, where I thought it was important to get elite tight end. That was also important to target young guys who can have an upside that we haven't tapped into yet. This Atlanta offense looked so bad yesterday, they couldn't find the ball to Drake London. Certainly, you know, without Pitts on the field, without Cordero Patterson on the field, the defense certainly would have keyed in on London, but London also played less snaps than he probably should have. They also had a, a little bit of a knee injury, hopefully not a serious one, but certainly one that was enough after the game for it to be a news items. So Kyle Pitts to me is a guy right now where if he comes back in, you know, and he does something, maybe that assuages my panic a little bit. But for me right now, I have a lot of panic in my heart for Kyle Pitts. And he's a guy that I really thought was going to make the leap this year. And so far it hasn't even been close. And a hamstring issue too, one of those things that can re-aggravate over and over again. Hopefully Pitts being younger allows that, you know, that to heal faster. Hopefully he's not in the same situation as a Keenan Allen who seemed like he should get back in. But overall definitely does feel like a Kyle Pitts is a big of a disappointment. And Jonathan, yeah, finally panicking on Pitts. I I think honestly, and this is going to be something where you guys are getting in and I'm going to reveal the behind the bit to you guys. Kyle Pitts is going to be in my panic every fucking week <laughs> moving forward, guys, because I got 25% Pitts. I was jamming Pitts late. And we're now at a point, too, where you're seeing a, a higher floor for guys like Dallas Goddard, for you know guys like uh, TJ Hawkinson. You're seeing the higher ceiling as well. All the guys are going after him. Like, are you going to be more worried about Kittle or Pitts moving forward? Kittle getting involved again, and I think we'll continue to get involved when they actually have to score more points. Same thing for Waller, who tonight could end up getting a lot of points just from the fact that uh, they're going to need to throw the ball more to keep up with Kansas City. I think you got to be worried about Kyle Pitts, and not just worried about him, but worried about him as he relates to the overall ecosystem of guys that, quite frankly, are all looking better in terms of floor and ceiling right now. 
My no panic, though, got to get some no panic in here, of course. My no panic is going to be for the running back pig. So, of course, I am not one of them. But yesterday, holy shit, if you are a person who invested in running backs early on, you got to feel good about ourselves. I'm sure our great friends over at the Fantasy Flock channel are stoked right now for how their lineups are looking. But Derrick Henry overcoming tough matchups on paper. Austin, uh, paper. Austin Eckler every week uh, seemingly finding new ceilings for himself. 175 yards yesterday is a really big, eye-popping number for him that could have been even bigger if he ran a little bit hotter in touchdowns. But I know I was watching the underdog stream right before this with uh, Norris and Hayden. Of course, two guys have been on the show along with Daigle, our beloved John Daigle. Everybody's beloved John Daigle, really. And those guys were talking as well about you know, just the performance of Eckler and how, you know, frankly, he's getting all the touchdowns from outside 10 yards. Maybe that's something that worries you a little bit over the course of the Chargers playing tougher games. But him being able to break big plays, him being able to actually get in the end zone from all parts of the field, and that's without getting the easy one-yard vulture kind of TDs, the touchdowns that go to a guy like Josh Kelly. Uh, that's something where I think you got to feel good about it right now. McCaffrey's, uh, McCaffrey's floor also coming up. Over seven catches the last two weeks. Uh, ben McAdoo being the offensive coordinator and having more say now after he was apparently butting heads with Matt Rule. I think will turn out probably to be something that could go either way. Uh, there was some reports coming into the season that McAdoo didn't use running backs that effectively, at least in the same way that McCaffrey has been used historically. But with him being on the upswing lately, it does seem like the Panthers, when they start to panic, they're going to McCaffrey more. So they got to feel good about that. Also, guys like Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Vultures, two touchdowns away in the run game, or three touchdowns, actually. Still ends up a spot where Kamara ends up having enough production for everybody to get there. Now, again, if you're a zero RB bro like me, if you're somebody that has been uh, really anti-running back, certainly stumping against running backs all offseason, this is not the time where you really should be worried about it. Zero RB teams are meant to have a lower advance rate, meant to look better as the season goes along. But right now, though, with guys like Jamal Williams looking like shit against the Patriots, I wouldn't have expected that given how bad the Patriots have been in the red zone this year. But, uh, you know, uh, Bill Belichick just got Jared Goff's number. That just might be the case for that one. But overall, he, uh, Khalil Herbert, too, another guy where it looked like, oh, he's going to be a zero RB savior. Now he's also getting back shunted behind David Montgomery. Same thing for Michael Carter with Brees Hall, even though Carter scores a little bit. Brees Hall, clearly the better back they want to use more of. Um, I think it's still going to be fine down the stretch, but I feel like if you are a running back pig right now, you're one of these people who would be represented by this gift right here. You're probably feeling pretty good about yourself at this time, and I would not begrudge it if you want to do some victory laps. But it's a long stretch of the season, guys, we're going to talk about, and I will continue to beat the drum of time and time again. Uh, my panic number three, though, I think it's time to panic a little bit about the Bengals. Are they cursed right now? Again, T. Higgins, another guy that I had a ton of this year, a guy who I thought profiled well, being able to seize some of that share back uh, from Jamar Chase, who last year just... Ran a little too hot in terms of long touchdowns. T. Higgins, again, plays 10 out of 30 snaps in the first half. Doesn't play it all in the second half. Apparently could have played on an ankle, but still something that does worry me overall, somebody that's so invested in T. Higgins. And also really thought that he could be a guy that you could take later on that would have that upside to get there, like A.J. Brown looking like the better pick right now, even with him being down the last few weeks. It's up to something that I think could be, you know, uh, for Higgins, this this Bengals team complains a lot every week about how teams are playing against them. Joe Burrow has said time and time again, like, oh, the cover two is against us. We can't play the same way because we're taking away the deep pass. And he's like complaining about it like they should make a rule to stop it. There's a lot of like Bengals vibes to me that scream like they're happy to get there last year, having some growing pains this year. You know, guys that are going to be want to be fed too. Uh, the defense is good enough to keep them alive, so I'm not going to like sweat it too much overall. But for that offense, like I think you want them to be explosive. And the defense is now good enough. They don't need the offense to be fantastic to hang in the games. And then also other defenses have figured them out and how they just want to get the ball downfield. And they're doing everything they can to stop that. I definitely seem like something that could be a problem overall for the Bengals, and it's starting to worry me. Cobra Kai is back saying it's up to Eno Benjamin to save zero RB bros. I think it's still Kenneth Walker. Like, Kenneth Walker could be, to me, the guy that goes in the first round next year at running back just because he's young, high upside guy, certainly an offense, again, that's running hot right now. And if people start to figure out that pass game, you can't see them lean on Kenneth Walker more. So 
Either way, there's going to be zero RB guys that pop up. So that's that's why I'm not panicking about it. And I am panicking about the Bengals. Um, I know panic number three, though, going to be using the data that we have. The data gets stronger by the week. And this is an anecdote that I will have from this week uh, where I landed on Carson Wentz due to some of the data about Tennessee, the fact that they've been so terrible against the ball. It's something where Carson Wentz, you know, we, we might make fun of him. I think every fantasy football show, every football show, like it's really the one player, one of few players where he still has a little juice, at least, you know, at least the front offices of the NFL seem to think so, given that he's now on a, another, you know, starting QB job where they have invested somewhat heavily in him. Um, I think that there are things that we're going to learn over the next few weeks that are going to be valuable. You know, what we talk about on the Thursday streams now where I'm pulling up my data sheet, I'm going through everything that I have from um, from Sports Info Solutions, of course, from my employers over at Football Outsiders that I would recommend getting in there now at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe, get DVOA numbers. I know you hear them cited everywhere, but get them for yourself. Uh, PFF as well, of course, data I pull in. I think this is where you have the advantage overall is that the people are going to be lucky with the chalk. I think the, the casual part of the field is going to continue tasting, uh, chasing the chalk. But you can find guys like Carson Wentz. You can find guys like Jacoby Myers. I played Jacoby Myers in all of the lineups I hand-built on the train yesterday because I was like, wow, actually, it seems like Detroit's been awful against the deep ball. And he's the one that they're looking to go to when he's on the field. So Jacoby Myers is a guy that actually could have won you a million dollars. Same thing with Wentz, uh, not Wentz with McLaurin, as I can attest firsthand. That didn't go the right way, but... Diami Brown, two splash plays for him yesterday. Um, and again, people are saying splash play left and right. Think of this podcast every time you hear someone say that that phraseology. But yeah, like it's one of those situations where you can identify these weaknesses. You can find some spots. I know. And on the contrary, I mentioned some great plays that I think were just purely data plays, not pure projection plays, but like football analytics data. And I think that's something that we will have some advantages as we go on as people that have been grinding this all year long. Uh, so that's my hope here. And that's why I'll continue to share my data sheet every single show on here. Uh, people could crap on Wentz. Washington's O-line is horrible. I say that as somebody who's watched all the Commanders games and as a Commander fan, I think it also speaks to the fact, too, that like if you're playing against a defense that gives up deep passes at a high rate and also gives up a high success rate on those deep passes, as long as you have somebody who's willing to take those shots, whether it be Carson Wentz, whether it be Matt Ryan, like as long as they can hold up and allow him to get the time, these guys can be productive and especially can be productive in a DFS format. And I can tell you, like, you know, you might see the Millie Maker winner, like, yes, it was very chalky. It was a Josh Allen double stack. You could have optimized a better Carson Wentz lineup, especially if you knew about Diami Brown. Um, I, even if you didn't know about Diami Brown and you went an unstacked Wentz, you could have gotten there. You could have gotten there with Bates. So it's something to keep in mind that I think, like, uh, we might get married to the idea that, oh, Josh Allen paid off this week. Next week, I should play the Chalk QBs again. But you also saw Miami bust. Like, I thought Miami was a team that I think the ownership came up a little bit on Teddy Bridgewater. People had the faith there. Of course, he gets concussed and goes out. Uh, but it's definitely something that I, I think for you know us all moving forward, yeah, maybe try to find some lower-owned stacks. That's always going to be something valuable. But don't be afraid of the other Chalk. Don't be afraid of the plays that, on paper, are certainly going to look the best. Uh, let's go to my my last panic here. And of course, we're going to do some Monday Night Football showdown after this one. Uh, but my last panic is going to be the ownership projections right now are really off. And that's something I think I have to say out loud. Again, I did on the contrary with Alex Osmo Baker and uh, Neil Orfield, two great, very sharp players. Neil, in fact, a guy I will recommend his showdown videos he's doing for Stochastic. Fantastic, because they do kind of what I've been trying to do as well, except for the guy that's actually won showdowns and won a Millie Maker showdown, I believe. Uh, but Neil, you know, Neil's process, I think, is something that I'm going to combine with what we learned from Rinpack earlier in the year. Either way, though, love stochastic. Their ownership projections have not been fucking great this year because they can't project what the field's doing in a way that I think is actually helpful. Leonard Fournette was projected, I think, for over 20% ownership from them. Might be might be just under 20% by the time that the slate's locked. He wasn't there. He wasn't there in, the, in even the bigger tournaments where people do play a little more conservatively, six of the best plays. Leonard Fournette was, like I think, 15% in the spy yesterday, like was not that highly owned overall. 
And I think the fear has also been that the ownership projections have been off enough where we saw Khalil Herbert be 45% owned. We saw Jamal Williams be like 50% owned. Um, like there are these things that where they just can't account for, I think, what uh, the industry is right now, which is a combination to me of like sharp players. I think, uh, you know, people that are also following the ETRs, following sharp players, but then maybe not making that that math themselves. Um, so that's something that I think seems to be a tough one, but I will say over and over again, and I think this is something I'm going to try to say over and over again for myself as much as you guys, we seem to be talking ourselves off of the unavoidable chalk and thinking that, oh, he's a top projected guy and stochastic. Like that means it's going to be even higher than they're saying. And ultimately, I think we have to be able to like, you know, be receptive towards the unavoidable chalk, be receptive to guys at a price point and take them and be just mindful of not cramming them in, not taking 100% of a guy, but getting to that field's expected 20% because the field might not even be at that 20% just because they've been spooked off of it. Like even our thumbnail last week on Friday, we thought Leonard Fournette was going to be really highly owned. So I put like other, oh, like not a fan of Leonard Fournette. But if I knew he was going to be 15 to 20% instead of 30 to 40%, like I would have that confidence more. And I think that's the kind of thing that for all of us out there, especially people who have been around this industry for a little bit, who've now been spooked by the chalk enough times, there is a good, uh, you know, such a thing as good chalk, just a matter of balancing the overall ownership of your lineup. Our last no panic though. And this is something too, I know some of the guys in the chat right now who are not some of our regulars, I think are asking season long questions, you know, for best ball for myself, you know, it's something where if you were to look at just the pure week to week numbers, I would panic right now. I went from having a 25% advance rate. Uh, so I think half of that right now, an underdog at over 35% on DraftKings. DraftKings doesn't update their best ball stuff till Thursday, but I have to assume it's probably a similar drop for me because I didn't have Derrick Henry. I didn't have Austin Eckler. Didn't have a lot of these guys, you know, barely had Fournette as well. Um, so it's definitely something that, you know, I think you could start to talk yourself into freaking out about. But just like the guys that we've had who come into the streams and ask like, oh, this team I have right now, it's so sick. Is it going to be enough to win me the league? And it's like, yeah, right now, it, like, you know, a team with uh, Lamar and a team with McCaffrey, you know, like that could win you the league. All it takes is one or two of those guys going down and the entire portfolio, the entire industry, everybody's portfolio starts to change. So I wouldn't victory lap now. I also wouldn't freak out now. Ultimately, it's week five heading into week six. So you're in good position, but it's just going to get tougher moving forward. So that's how. That's how that goes. There's my panic and no panic for the week. I did promise I would take this question. I'm sure Tanner already went to another channel, but Kareem Hunt or Tony Pollard? Um, honestly, both are very solid plays. The one thing with Kareem Hunt, though, is that uh, Nick Chubb certainly you know doesn't fit the game scripts. They do like to use Hunt in. Tony Pollard is just going to get whatever's left behind of Ezekiel Elliott. So I would take Kareem Hunt still personally, but on a pure explosive plays basis, as we saw you know on Sunday, Tony Pollard made the most of his touches, but you know the lack of pass game work. Kareem Hunt's like a lot of pass game work. He's mostly pass game work. So I think in most formats, I would still probably go Kareem Hunt. Um, and then we have um, Connor here saying, got offered Jamar Chase and Jacobs for Gabe Davis and Fournette. I think I should take it. Um, man, that's tough. I would probably stick with Davis and Fournette just because of the role for Fournette and the fact that we have now seen this upside for Davis. He's not going to have that again, but he's healthy, and that's an important part of the equation. Um, being able to get that deep downfield, he wasn't able to do that on that ankle. And again, the underdog guys, uh, Hayden and Josh, broke down, I think, their film study about Gabe Davis where he looked really bad when he had the ankle issues, and then this week it's like, okay, he's a whole new man because he's actually healed up and good to go. Um, with how they're defending the Bengals right now, with the frustration, with honestly, what I talked about in the panic segment, like I would worry about Jamar Chase enough. I think he's now, um, if I were redrafting, I'd probably put him behind Diggs, probably would also still put him behind Adams. So definitely a play to me, like the volume is there enough. Um, but, you know, I think Fournette would have some appeal at that point. Yeah, but either way, like it's not, not an unfair trade, so you could certainly walk away with it and it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Um, it's Columbus Day, the Raiders will win, and then 
Joe Villa saying uh, it's Columbus Day, not April Fool's Day. The Raiders will lose. I guess we'll find out here, guys. Um, let me do the – well, here, let's do a couple different things. Let's pull up my sheet here, my data sheet for, uh, of course, that I reveal on the Thursday shows, updated with everything. Um, this is going to reflect everything from the last few weeks. I haven't pulled in my data from uh, from week five so far. So keep that in mind here. But obviously, you know, the Raiders and Chiefs haven't played yet, so it won't matter for them. Uh, but let me let me make sure I get the full screen version for myself. Um, but you can see the implied total there, 22.5 point implied total for Vegas, 29.5 for Kansas City. Again, I am generously lifting things like Sports Info Solutions data, Football Outsiders data, PFFs data, Pro Football References data, as, long, as well as Stochastics data as well into here. So please pay for all the sites if you want, or you can just look along with me on my Excel and we can kind of try to dig out some advantages. One thing you'll note that's new here, which I have not even color-coded yet, is going to be this 20-plus yard metric. That's what got me on Carson Wentz this week. That's what got me on Jacoby Myers this week. Something I'm going to be tracking more of. Basically, this is what the defense does against air yards, passes over 20 yards. So uh, if you see that on the screen and you see it uh, be an important part of our talk about moving forward, this is why. One thing that's going to jump out here uh, for this Kansas City defense, which you can see with our football outsiders data over here, giving up a lot of points in the red zone, giving up a lot of touchdowns when teams get into the red zone. That said, a very high pass defense rate on um, passes over 20 plus yards. And we've also seen Derek Carr, as you'll see up here, uh, this is his adjusted completion rate, 70%. Not that great of a number for most QBs. Um, you know, as, as you can see, it's orange coated, which means it's closer to red, which means not good. Um, Derek Carr, I think turning the ball over here seems like a decent probability bet. So I don't mind playing the Chiefs defense here. Obviously, it's a high total game, so people might be less inclined to play the Chiefs defense. We'll find out. I want to do crunch the numbers over on Fantasy Cruncher, as we're going to do here. Of course, every Monday and Thursday, we do that for the uh, the showdown slates. But in this spot, to me, I think the Chiefs defense is going to look pretty appealing just because they do generate pressure as well at a pretty good rate. You can see a 29% pressure rate. You can also see here, I guess, that Derek Carr has handled pressure pretty well. But overall, when you just say like they're around the ball when the ball goes deep, that's an important part. Passes defense can predict interceptions. It's not going to be a one-to-one thing, but it means that guys' hands are on the ball and they can make it happen if they get the play to kind of be a little more their way or the QB is just inaccurate enough. So when you see that Derek Carr is inaccurate, you see that there's a high pass defense rate, and you also just account for the game script that, yeah, the Raiders are probably going to want to play aggressively because either they're trailing the Chiefs or they want to keep the Chiefs at bay. I think it's something where the Chiefs defense definitely look pretty good. Uh, half a yes. Thank you for <laughs> to be clear. We can't call it Columbus Day anymore. I learned today. It is, in fact, Indigenous Peoples Day. So keep that in mind with your jokes accordingly. Um, and I say that it hurts me. Obviously, Christopher Columbus, a, a proud Italian, but apparently we shouldn't be proud of him anymore. So 2022, guys, deal with it. <clears throat> As I take a sip here, because I'm still still recovering from the COVID stuff, I think probably caught some more illnesses just from being in a large group gathering and taking fucking Amtrak. It's a highly delayed Amtrak to New York City. So here we go. Strapping for more hacking up along um, other inefficiencies I'm seeing here. So you could look here. Um, Vegas actually kicks field goals at the highest rate in the league. They're number one with a 20% field goal rate, but also you'd see here again, the chiefs give up a lot of points in the red zone. So this to me screams, who can you target in the red zone to feel like they might run good, right? Run better with touchdowns. I think you can target, you can target Josh Jacobs. That's the obvious one. He's getting 3.8 red zone intended touches. That includes the rushes as well as the intended targets for him within uh, the 20 yard line. But you can also see, so again, I'm, I'm clicking around a lot here, but this is how I'm trying to think about these things because quite frankly, people are really good with ownership now. People are really good with having accurate projections. They're not able to do this stuff. They're not able to dig into a, a you know into an Excel spreadsheet and try to determine advantages. So that's why I'm doing that for you guys, hopefully. Um, and let me make sure to change the overlay. I always forget to put the plugs in the right spot in our overlays, which is where our pals Josh and Hayden are much better at on the Underdog YouTube channel. I've been watching a lot lately because honestly, their shows are fantastic. Um, Anyway, so in this spot, 
I think the fact that the Chiefs do give up points in the red zone more and the fact that also Vegas is in position to get field goals normally means that I would I honestly might be inclined to fade Daniel Carlson. I think he was popping a lot up in the optimal, and we'll see when we go over to Fantasy Cruncher. But I think going away from Carlson and trying to target Vegas, getting into the red zone and scoring is appealing to me. Um, so that would be a play where I think going to Devontae Adams at captain would look nice. Obviously, a player that has struggled to find a ceiling as uh, as much as he has in those Green Bay days. Going to Darren Waller also could look nice. 1.5 intended red zone targets or intended red zone touches per game. Uh, so he's right there with Adams. Um you could go to Carr at captain, but still play the Chiefs defense could be something that on just a, a pure data level looks appealing. Um, but I think overall, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to get a shot too. So like, just keep in mind, they're going to score touchdowns here. It's just, you know, is it going to be enough to keep Daniel Carlson at bay? You know, given how highly they kick field goals at the high rate they do. Um, that's a question I think you can try to determine for yourselves when you're building the lineups. And then Renfro's back as well is a fair point. Um, still, you know, a guy definitely got his red zone targets when Adams wasn't there. Uh, you know, I, when Waller was also banged up last year. But definitely Renfro is a guy, you know, coming off of the Q tag, coming off the injury is a guy you could maybe play instead. I would just have more confidence in Adams and Waller personally. Oh, no. Okay. Pathology, of course, our resident horn dog. Hunter Renfro moving up the pillow talk above expectation model. Camila Renfro. Is there an Instagram handle, Mathology? Because if there is, I'll do it for you. I got to, whenever Mathology shows in with his sage wisdom of a, a beautiful, significant other for a football player, uh, we got to take heed. Um, okay. So, one thing I've also pulled in this week is the completion rate uh, plus passing over expectation numbers. So, that's something that I think is on uh, was RBSDM, I believe is the site that pulls NFLR data. That's when you'll see people cite a lot for where Geno Smith has looked really good this year. I'm outperforming what every other QB in the league, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> Either way, though. Russell Wilson, one of the top QBs in the league, according to CPOE with the 0.197. He's a guy that I think, you know, you combine that as well. Passing rate over expectation, uh, red zone passing rate over expectation, very high for the Chiefs. I would have a hard time not playing Mahomes today. I think, honestly, with the field's ownership, 68%, I believe, is the overall ownership, which includes captain and utility. Um, I would probably just play Patrick Mahomes everywhere and just deal with it. Oh, she's private. Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll see. I'll I'll look up Google Images, I guess, over here. But I I didn't set up Fantasy Cruncher in advance, so I don't know that I should be spending time googling Camila Renfro. But why not? You know what, guys? If Mathology requests it, who am I to say no? We'll look at Camila Renfro briefly, then we'll get back to work. Um. Oh boy, Hunter. Hunter Hunter Renfro could just be me or you just but like a super like amazing football player obviously not a stud athlete like the uh, the joke meme photo of him DK Metcalf uh, AJ Brown uh, he's not those guys but boy he's you know star football player who uh with a beautiful significant other who I think we can all agree with but good god this photo like just insulting How, and she's the one who posted it too like that's you gotta if you're a, his girl you gotta be like hey hunter uh let's put let's put a shirt on keep it on a raiders like athletic fit shirt and <laughs> go back to that all right anyway back to the data sheet um so again yeah going back to Mahomes over here i i think just it's hard for me to imagine a world where Mahomes doesn't make the winning lineup obviously everybody will think that but i think it's worth going out of your way to get Mahomes and just deal with the ownership try to get different somewhere else um Travis Kelsey going to be a play that I think it would be hard to argue with as well. Uh, as you can see, DVOA here, uh, they are 21st against tight ends, are the Vegas Raiders. So Kelsey should be involved, gets all the red zone work. Um, probably going to be a highly owned captain play, I would think. Uh, so I might be more inclined to play a Raider captain um, for the reasons that we talked about. Um, 
But yeah, I think Mahomes will be highly under captain. Kelsey will be highly under captain. The way to get difference, probably taking one of Juju, MVS, and Nicole Hardman. Um, all of those guys have not been very good. So it's sort of hard to feel like there's a logical reason to do it. Um, hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe a way to pivot is you just play Mahomes and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and don't play Kelsey and hope that he runs good in touchdowns and Kelsey uh, loses some of the red zone work. Uh, let's see. But yeah, the Raiders also pretty bad in the red zone, as you can see down here, giving up touchdowns 77% of the time a team gets in the red zone. Feels like this is a game where Mahomes throws five, six touchdowns, to be honest. <laughs> but obviously hard to, to guess that one, hard to say that. Um, but I think that's definitely... Uh, I would. I feel like Mahomes can really have an outlier day. I would, I would play as over on passing touchdowns and any prop markets out there. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, oh, Cody Main just flag planted Waller, captain. Yeah, I, I mean, I think certainly relative to ownership, Devontae Adams will not be coming by surprise for anybody. I would still want to play Adams, I think, in utility, but I agree, Waller, captain, if he's going to be lesser owned, probably going to be appealing. But let's build some lineups, guys. Let me pull up the the fantasy cruncher over here. Uh, I think I still have the Thursday slate on. So I'm, I'm also have to put in my rules again. We all know how exciting it is to watch somebody put in fantasy cruncher rules, but I'm going to do it. Um, and I'm also going to point out something that again, I'm picking up straight from Neil Orfield, uh, who I would recommend as stochastic videos, but let me, let me share my screen where he talked about the salary um, and just trying to get, keep your salary under, you know, I think he said he doesn't play any lineups over 49, four, or he might've said, it might've even gotten a little more extreme and he might be only playing lineups under 49, one. Um, I think that's something I'm more comfortable with because I've been getting a little too cute with my showdown lineups, certainly getting a little too, um, a little too thin, I think, with some plays. And it's something where I think there are ways to get different without getting that thin, even for a showdown. And there's no there's such thing as like too thin of a play in a showdown. But that said, I think there's going to be scoring this game. So I overall don't want to rely heavily on kickers and defenses. Um, as we talked about on Thursday's slate, that was a game where kickers and defenses made a lot of sense. That was also a game where Deion Jackson ends up paying off thanks to the unfortunate Naheem, uh, Naheem Hines injury, but might have paid off anyway. Um, you know, let me just share the, well, let me just share the whole uh, Chrome. Chrome window here instead of this. So you could see me take my stuff from stochastic and all of that as well. All right, there we go. So here's the stochastic projections. As you can see, I'm just grabbing them over here, importing them to fantasy cruncher. The exciting process here of importing data that we all come know to love here. And of course, at first, we're just going to crunch the optimal lineup, so we're not going to do anything too fancy. We just want to know who are the plays that come up the most, who are the plays that people are going to have a hard time avoiding. Let me make sure I don't have any rules on. We're also going to up the amount of de uh, players versus defense. This is something I'm also uh, taking directly from Neil Orfield. So uh, kudos to me, learning to steal from different people who are very smart <laughs> and win a lot of money. Uh, I don't have any stacking rules on here right now, and I do not have any groups either. Um, I have the ones from previous slates, but let's disable all groups for now. Let's crunch it out and see what we get. But I think as we saw in that last slate as well on Thursday, um, where like, I'm not going to victory lap Deion Jackson being such a crucial play because he wasn't in the winning lineup. And it also was two defenses, two kickers. Like that was a really weird game with the Colts and Broncos. So don't, you know, don't pin all of your hopes to that and, and working out that way. But, you know, you can identify some gaps and, and oh, yeah. Hunter Renfro comes up way too easy. So Hunter Renfro, to me, is not the play you want today. Or if you do, you want to get lower ownership somewhere else. But 95% of the time, Hunter Renfro is coming up um, not a captain though. So I guess if you want to play Hunter Renfro, play him at captain, and that's not going to be as obvious. Um, who's in the rotation for these teams? That's not coming a lot. Devontae Adams not coming up a lot in utility, which is interesting to me. So that means he's also not coming up at all at captain. Yeah, man. Raiders captains, I think are going to be the move. The only captains we're getting in this optimal crunch are, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, the kicker, Matthew, Wright. Um, is it right again? Oh, I guess. Yeah. So still no, uh, 
Harrison Butker, I guess. Uh, Travis Kelsey, MVS. Is Juju going to play tonight? I believe that was the latest report is that he's going to try to give it a go. But he's not coming up either, and he has the injury tag. So uh, I guess if you want to play a Chiefs pass catcher, it just seems like you can't play Mahomes at captain. But if you do play Mahomes at captain, you got to really go down in ownership, go down in the salary. Um, but yeah, like the Raiders overall, I mean, Darren Waller not coming up once in this optimization. Uh, Devontae Adams coming up 10%. I think just playing, I think playing Raiders pass catchers the moves and then just play the Chiefs D with them. Um, Chiefs D only comes up one time. Matthew Wright coming up a lot more. So, okay, so Carlson's the more valuable play than Wright. So that's worth keeping in mind as well. Um, again, Carlson not coming up a lot, but we saw the Raiders have the highest field goal rate in the league. So if they don't get touchdowns, uh, Carlson probably will end up looking pretty good. Uh, but let's build our, let's build our groups here. Uh, MNF. Of course, we start by limiting to one kicker. As we've seen, it has one recently, but still something where I don't think it's the plus EV move to play it that way time and time again. Uh, so let's get both these guys in. Let's also get them at captain because uh, that is something that sometimes can come up. I don't want Carlson right together in any situation. MNF defenses, let's go. And you're going to see the whole process here, and I'll show you guys the little wrinkles I threw in from Neil that I think are actually pretty good. And had me, again, like a 2v2 yesterday away from uh, the optimal lineup in the big draftings tournament, which sucks. Uh, I had T. Higgins. I had the combination with T. Higgins. I had a combination uh, with Tyler Boyd instead of the Hayden Hurst version that had uh, that had Duvernay, that had all the other guys that were in the winning lineup. So that was a tough one for me. Uh, but definitely a learning lesson here, and I think uh, one that hopefully we can, we can land on the right lineups here. Uh, defenses. Uh, all right. We also don't want these. I don't think you want them at captain at all today for the record either. I think there's going to be enough scoring that it'd be very hard for either defense to be the captain. So I would honestly take that out of the player pool um, and not try to build those lineups. But you can build a few if you want. And again, if you if you are doing that, you're getting very different. If you're playing a game script, that to me looks very, very unlikely. Um, actually, speaking of, let's look at the most probable bets for the game too because that could be helpful to determine the game flow. Chiefs winning outright has a 75% chance of happening. Uh, Chiefs leading in the first half has a 69% chance of happening. Very nice. Uh, Chiefs winning in the first quarter has a 66% chance of happening. Uh, these, these are all pro Chief props. So keep that in mind here. Chiefs should be in control, but obviously that means that the Raiders, like Josh Jacobs, likely to be less involved is because of the high likelihood of the Chiefs being in the lead and being comfortably in the lead throughout. Um, all right, so let's keep going with the defenses. I got all them. All right, cool. Then let's get our Kansas City wide receivers. We only want two uh, wide receivers and tight ends from Kansas City, so I'm just going to grab them all here. And I guess with Mahomes being so highly owned at captain, um, you could theoretically... Oh, hold on. Chris Bork saying, Thielen for B-Rob thoughts. I would probably not make that trade. Uh, Robinson in a timeshare, heavy timeshare. I think he's good for best ball. Thielen, though, good to have better weeks whenever Justin Jefferson gets covered and they sell out to stop him, so... Uh, I would still probably keep the, unless you're really desperate at running back, I would try to get Kenneth Walker off waivers instead of uh, worrying about B-Rob, assuming he's available. Um, anyway, back to the, the receivers here. So let me just grab all these guys. Uh, Juju. Mm -mm, Cole Hardman. Hey, we're just taking all the key, all the Chiefs pass catchers in every situation and uh, making it so only two of them will come up. Could probably include Jarek McKinnon in this group, but I'm not going to because he does have some rushing equity, just not a lot of it. Uh, Justin Watson, you come in. Sky Moore. So many pass catchers. Jesus. Honestly, there probably are ways to get different, even with Mahomes at captain. Just because there were so many pass catchers here, like Burton. 
Burton's a fullback. I'm not going to put him in with the pass catchers. Sky Moore, yes. Justin Watson, yes. Uh, did I put in anybody accidentally here? This is like, look how many guys <laughs> could potentially catch a pass tonight. I would say too many guys, in fact, could potentially catch a pass tonight. Anyway, so to say at most two. Then the other thing I do is that if I didn't play Mahomes, which again, I don't know why you wouldn't play Mahomes, but you know, if you didn't, you could then, we're going to limit this. I'm going to put Mahomes in as the key player. And then if you're not playing Mahomes anywhere, then you only want to use one pass catcher. Because it's just unlikely that Mahomes doesn't get there if you have two pass catchers who make enough to, to be in an optimal lineup. Um, and then we'll do the same thing. For the Raiders, MNF. Oh, so exciting, guys. I know I, I usually do this before the show, just for the record, but didn't have time. Such is life. All right, Devontae Adams, Renfro, Adams, Waller, Mac Hollins, Renfro. Uh, Mac Hollins also maybe going to be a sneaky tournament play. Oh, Carlson doesn't fucking matter. He can, he can get back out. Uh, but yeah, like honestly, if given the ownership for Hunter Renfro, you play Mac Collins, you probably are going to be getting different and also getting leverage against it. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, Foster Moreau. Oh, get out of the way. Get out of the way, prompt. Samir White, no. Jacob Johnson is just a fullback. Yeah. He might, yeah, he might get a, a passing TD, but I don't think we want to correlate it with these guys. Um, and then it looks like Keelan Cole likely to be inactive for this one. So don't need to worry about him. Uh, okay. Use at most two. And again, we're going to do the same QB rule here, and then we'll be done with the groups, and we can focus on uh, the much more exciting things of actually crunching lineups and watching the computer do all the work. <laughs> so, again, really, really exciting stuff here, but it's important. And honestly, like I do feel like showdowns. Like I'm, I'm feeling good about the lineups I'm building lately for showdowns. So I'm very comfortable sharing it with you guys, and hoping this pays off for somebody out there. All right. So if no key players are used, then use at most one pass catcher. And neither guys are rushing QB, so we don't have to get too granular with that. Um, I will make the captain if the captain's a QB. We want to play two, at least two pass catchers for both teams. Captain's a wide receiver. We want to try to play our QB with them. Just because if the captain wide receiver scores enough to be an optimal captain, uh, they likely are doing enough to justify the QB making it in. And same thing for tight end. All right, and then let's lower, yeah, minimum projection down to 0.2. Uh, we got all that stuff right. And now here's the one wrinkle that I'm doing differently this week. Only taking showdown lineups under 49,401. So that'll include lineups that equal a 49,400 salary, but not ones that include a 49,500 salary, in case it was completely unclear here. Um, so that's the one thing I'm doing differently that I do think allows me to get some different lineups and still makes me feel like I can take the top projected ones. Um, and you can go even thinner with that if you want. There have been some 49 eights that have won recently. So like if you want to just have a higher likelihood of being duped, but still having a chance to win money, you can. Uh, but that, this is one way to get less ownership and I think try to focus on the positives of lineups more. So that's what I'm trying to do for this one. And we're crouching with 33% randomness. We do merge them all together at the end as well with 66%. Um, and then some two unique lineups as well. Uh, I think I think I've earned a sip of beer, guys. Okay, wow.
Cobra Kai is back. It's going to leave 2,200 salary off the table. Again, this is what people can do. And I think it was last week. It was that Thursday night football game. It was, I believe, a $33,000 salary that one, but it did have two defenses, two kickers. Uh, it does seem not that great. So, you know, it's something that I think can happen sometimes, can pay off, can win sometimes. But again, this is a, a total game where, you know, the total is 52 right now in this one. Like, I don't think this is a spot to go two defenses, two kickers. I don't think there's ever time to do that, but especially in this spot, this is not it. Uh, saying that my wide receiver department is good. <laughs> Should I trade to get rid of the running back situation at Denver and trade Thielen and Melvin Gordon for Miles Sanders and a buy low? I probably would keep Thielen and Melvin Gordon in that spot. Melvin Gordon's a lead back. I think you're, if he doesn't fumble, he will get the touches he needs. If he does fumble, there's a risk profile. Um, Honestly, I don't like either side of that trade that much. Miles Sanders, though, definitely tied to a better offense, so you could justify it. Oh, yeah, that's right. This Thursday game is Washington and Chicago, so strap in for that one, guys. But, yeah, that's going to be a fucking a very ugly one. Two teams that defend well in the red zone. Uh, two teams that already take a lot of field goals. Um, yeah, definitely definitely a spot where you could probably get away with playing two defenses, two kickers, and feel not that bad about it on Thursday. But we'll talk about that then. Today's actually, I think, going to be a good game. And I think, too, there's also a lot of high-probability bets about the Raiders uh, not potentially not being able to cover 14 points. Uh, so that's something where I think you might find this game be very high-scoring today. And then a lot of potential garbage time. Raiders work, I think, is, is certainly on the table. Uh, but I think this will be a fun Monday Night Football game. So I'm playing a lot of lineups tonight. I think I'm playing, like, 75 um, playing all the 20 maxes, playing 20 in the Millie Maker, and hopefully one of them will be good enough, guys. Hopefully, at least one. Preferably more. All right, we're done with our 33 crunch. Let's get a 66 going. Yeah, we're going to merge them all together here and get out in one hour flat on this stream. Guys, make sure you hit the like button too, please. It does help me out a bunch here. Again, we're trying to rebuild this channel right now. Obviously, without be, without me being able to rely on Pete, quite frankly, uh, so many times a week, I'm trying to do the best I can to make this into something usable that I enjoy that hopefully gives you guys some value and it gives me earnest about my process as well. So please hit the like button. If you're watching after the fact, leave a comment as well. That means a lot to me. I always reply to the comments at some point. Uh, so usually pretty fast, but sometimes I'm a little, you know, sometimes the weekend gets away from you guys. Uh, so that's why that's why you can leave a comment and have no fear. I'll get right back to you. And of course, follow me at Chris Spags, follow at Splash Play Pod. Pete and I'll be back on Friday. And also one thing I forgot to plug up top, NBA best ball uh, going back Wednesday afternoon again to do that one, probably also at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Wednesday. So come back for that one. I saw we got some views on the NBA best ball stream uh, from last week. So I'm going to do it again. Uh, and honestly, I, I'm excited for it because football's fun, but football's hard. NBA, I think, is less hard to be to be totally honest here. Boy, so much Chiefs defense. Did I do something wrong here? Oh, I must have put in requires a defense instead. Okay, because like there's no reason for that defense to be coming in that much. Yeah, okay. We don't want to use at least one defense. Sorry, guys. Let's start the crunch over. <laughs> do you guys like watching crunches? Hell yeah, strap in. Let's re-crunch. <laughs> it has to be done because I can't give you guys the right takes here without doing it. I, to be clear, I think the, the Chiefs defense is a good play. Um, not that good of a play where you need to demand them. <laughs> that, much, that much I will say. Let's go back to 33% and do it right, and I'll take some chats in the meantime. I'm sorry for my incompetence. I should have caught that, but it's hard. It's hard to build the groups on the show, man. Because I could, Again, I feel how boring it is, and I'm just like, oh, let's get this done fast. <laughs> that's not the one can't wait for NBA DFS. Yes. NBA DFS. So much fun guys. And I don't know what, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be doing more of that 
content on here just because like I, I know people are here for fantasy football, but I do love NBA DFS, swear by it. Um, I was actually talking about some talking to some people in my high school reunion about it. Um, my claim to fame is that like again, was able to afford the down payment on this house entirely from NBA winnings uh, from a one month hot stretch that I've never been able to recover again. But, uh, but like you're always in the hunt if you do have good data and you know what you're doing. Um, so that's something with NBA DFS I will certainly recommend and will do my best to uh, start to get some more stuff out there, whether it be on this channel or somewhere else. But it is NBA season in uh, like 13 days. Or no, eight days now. Shit. Time flies. Time flies when you're, again, not having fun. <laughs> oh, shout out to Lunchable Connoisseur. All the regulars as always. I appreciate each and every person. I appreciate everybody who's, uh, you know, who's brand new around here, but certainly anybody who is a long timer who comes by a lot. Lunchable, a VIP in my eyes. And then, you know, anybody else, you can earn your way into my heart right now. Like Nate is, bring back the Swap and Sweat show. That was a lot of fun. I, I'm not opposed to doing some more stuff with Stochastic in the future, um, but, you know, we'll see. The bandwidth is tight right now with Football Outsiders, of course, being my, my full-time job. We're trying to get the probably stuff off the board as well, um, which, you know, you can see it here. We're, we're doing something. We're building a product here. Actually hired our first UX firm uh, from Latin America to, to do that stuff. Uh, so very excited about what we're going to have with that. But yeah, um, be nice to get some plugs on Stochastic when I have a product to sell people. <laughs> I will say that much because they do a good job. I did a good job selling Stochastic memberships back in the day. You might not be able to tell from me, but I was a top product seller back in my day, whoring out ownership left and right. Money time. Money time made the company, made a lot of money time for... <laughs> <laughs> for Tom and Alex and the gang. And then, of course, I got sick of the bit. And I know the hats are up there. One day, money time will be back. Now we're in crunchy time. All right. Cr crunchy time. <laughs> is, is crunchy time good branding? I kind of like it, to be honest. Well, this is an interesting one. Mike Williams or AJ Brown? Uh, are you, I mean, it just depends. Like, these are both very good plays. I would still go AJ Brown for the ceiling, but you know, Mike Williams is going to come back down to earth a little bit whenever Keenan Allen is healthy. Um, so I would go AJ Brown, but week to week, it's going to be dependent on matchup and all that. And again, if and if Allen's available, if Keenan Allen's available, I think you got to just knock Mike Williams down because the target share is just not as high. Same thing for Eckler, honestly. Like, once Keenan Allen is back, like Eckler is still going to be good. I think still have the same ceiling. Uh, but Keenan Allen just takes enough off the table from those guys that they're not quite as much of a, a superstar-looking stud as they are right now. Even Josh Palmer, honestly. Like, Palmer's been banged up, and, like, he should be better at this point. Um, but I think him being hurt is kind of not allowing him to hit the ceiling of what he can be, which was actually pretty good last year. Right, we're going to take a two-unique crunch here for this one. Then we're going to sort them all out, gang. Nothing more fun than sorting lineups. I was confused with snorting lineups. That's where you get them right into the bloodstream. See, Cobra Kai, he was good last year. He just hasn't like been healthy so far. And I think that's the tough part. Um, and also they just haven't passed and been as aggressive overall this year. Um, but I think it's gonna change down the home stretch. That's my hope. Uh, shout out Jaime. I remember you from Osmo NBA shows have been a follower ever since. I appreciate that, Jaime. Honestly, like I um I, I love doing those shows. Honestly, MLB came with a fucking steep tax on my sanity from having to do those streams. But NBA shows are always the most fun. And like, it's fun for the NBA too, because like that's definitely the sport. Like football, I now watch every single game and make sure to watch every game that I possibly can. But for NBA, like on the West Coast especially, I just love strapping in for a night and watching every single NBA game, going back and forth, watching the shitty Hornets back when they were extra shitty, uh, watching the shitty Suns back before they were good. 
That was a lot of fun where I told Josh, I was like, one day Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they're going to be a superstar team. Didn't know Chris Paul was coming there, but my old pal Josh Engelman refused. He said, no way. They're terrible. You love crappy teams. And now who's right? Me, Josh. I love Josh so much. I miss that guy. I miss all the regulars at Stochastic. I would say for anybody, too, who's looking for, like, your NBA fix, I would follow Stochastic very closely. Um, I know ETR does an NBA product. I don't honestly know enough about it. The Stochastic guys, though, like Josh, Loffy, Chip My Money, um, Alex, like, they are all they all fucking are killers at basketball. Ryan uh, Rinpak, who will be back, I'm sure, doing some content for NBA. Um, all fantastic players that I would follow to the moon and back. Um, like, go to Run Pure for your MLB if you want. Like, But I think go to definitely go to Osmo. Go to Stochastic for the NBA. Go to Run Pure as well if you want to say some things about Columbus Day. <laughs> They're probably really stoked about it over there. Columbus Day, Indigenous People Day, not here on Run Pure. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I uh, can't help. <laughs> can't help. As Pete knows, as Pete comes in on time and time again, I can't help but shit on some people time and time. All right. Uh, copy him to the group. Oh, one day I'll click it, right? All right, there we go. There's our 99s. No, thank, thank you, Nate. Again, Nate, you're, you're winning your way to my heart real fast, friend. Just laugh at my jokes. Say you remember something I did many moons ago that isn't Barstool. <laughs> We're good. Honestly, I should have done a welcome to the family for, uh, for <laughs> Columbus Day. I don't get canceled, though. Thank you, GA. How's the crunch going? It's coming up. You're coming right for the money shot here when I combine all the lineups together. Uh, <laughs> Let's kind of sort of playing into the lulls bit. I go into RPS live. It's like astrology correlation questions. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, yeah, I don't look. Whatever. I, I, it's funny because like I can't go like, oh, you can't talk shit about people because I talk shit about people all the time. Um, but like, if you're like the if you're a fucking killer team of of content creators, we're always winning money. Just be that. Like, you don't have to be like angry guy who wins money. Like, who the fuck? If I were winning, like the run pure guys would be. A, you would probably still see the same amount of me. But boy, I would just be like, oh, well, as I as you'll recall from when I won my hundred thousand dollars last week, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, don't don't watch them guys. They're talking astrology. You want astrology plays? Don't go over there. <laughs> Uh, I've made a not so powerful enemy. All right. Oh no! <laughs> Out of memory. What does that even mean? Neither. Neither mythology. I find I find Mrs. Mahomes to be exceptionally annoying. Oh no! Tell me the crunch didn't go away. I was I was using up all that sweet sweet memory. We'll restore the crunch if we have to. Yeah, let's get this group back here. You load this crunch, Fantasy Cruncher. Cut the bullshit. I'm not going to thank you, Fantasy Cruncher. Unless you fucking don't ruin my stream. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're back. We're back. All right. We're going to sort by projection here. And again, this is something you could do more of when you do have a salary cap on your lineup builds because you're not going to run into as much ownership. So like normally I might sort like by ownership in reverse and take lowest owned lineups. Um, but because we did that salary cap, like I don't have to skim here for no Noah Gray captains. What the fuck? 
what is <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? Let me close some tabs, I guess. Uh, is it because I'm sharing here? Let me try just sharing just the tab. Maybe that'll help. I apologize. And I love Fantasy Crutcher. I got a I like I have a free Fantasy Crutcher membership. So I don't want it to be clear. I love them. Don't <laughs> don't take it away, guys. Honestly, I'm sure it's a Chrome issue. All right. Let's restore the crunch again. Let's restore the crunch and pray. I'll drink the beer in the meantime. Don't you worry, guys. I needed this 255 p.m. beer. All right. Okay, so anyway, we're going to try sorting by ownership ascending again so you can see these very narrow plays that come up. Don't fuck with me, Chrome. Don't you fuck with me. Okay. So you can see there are low-owned Mahomes captain lineups left. Honestly, this one's not that bad. I got. <laughs> I expected it to be worse, if we're being quite frank. Mahomes with Fortson, Carlson, Car like this one's ugly. I just think the Chiefs put up enough points here that you you likely don't want the kickers that much, and you likely don't want the Jody Fortsons of the world that much. It was honestly for the bit GA initially, and then I was just like, I could just I could go for a beer. It's Indigenous People's Day GA. Uh, honestly, like I don't mind some of these lineups here that are very low owned. Like they're not my first choice. I think Mahomes a captain. You're you're running into a lot with that, but he's got the highest ceiling. They're gonna pass a lot if you think Mahomes is gonna throw five touchdowns today. You can you can do it. Let me see what car. Let's see some Chiefs defense lineups. I'm going to go back to the highest projected ones as well. All right, so let's see what we can get. If we were to take the Chiefs defense, I feel like that's going to be our pay down spot. Renfro. I, I honestly just think don't play Matthew Wright. Matthew Wright comes up too much. There's some Chiefs D. Honestly, like, I think if you want to steal some lineups from me, you can steal these. Like, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about Mahomes captain, though. Uh, let's see if we can. Man, so Chiefs defense doesn't come up at all with Waller captains. So that could be something to force in a little, just to get different. Let's just see what overall what Devontae Adams captains lineups looks like. All right. So you're telling a game script where the Raiders make a, score a lot of points in that one. I don't love that. This one makes sense. So you have the Adams car correlation. You have Mahomes MVS. Like that's how they get the chunk yardage. Hi, may asking what percentage total ownership do you target bags? Uh, I don't really care about that that much. If you do enough, like we did here where the salary being lower. Um, if I'm also targeting like the less chalky captains, I'm like, let me pull up stochastics ownership real fast. Um, it's like, I got to assume Mahomes is going to be very, very highly owned. Like stochastic has Mahomes at 14% captain based on what we just saw in that crunch where he comes up 95% of the optimal. I would say he's going to be closer to 30% captain. Uh, Will Mahomes. So to me, at that point, then you're saying Adams, Kelsey, Carr, all guys are under 10% ownership. 
I don't think you have to sweat the ownership overall that much. As long as you have like, you know, the Noah Gray's in the lineup, as long as you have the Jody Fortson's in the lineup, um, it's more of an eyeballing thing for me than it is a total number. But you could also just look at, you know, you can look at the optimal ownership and just try to shoot for under that across the board. But by lowering the salary, though, it's just like you're already on a different configuration than everybody else anyway. Um, I guess we, we lost the salary settings, but this crunch had them, so it's fine. Let's see what Waller captain looks like. Because Waller's captain ownership is going to be boy, very low. Waller's going to be 3% owned at captain, 23% owned overall. Hmm. Wait, is this right? Is there only one? Only one Waller captain was made? Wow, so nobody's playing Waller captain, even though the Chiefs give up a lot of passing production in the red zone. That seems like a mistake to me, I think. I think Waller captain, I know uh, Mathology said Cody uh, from ETR, Cody Main, of course, who's been on the show here, very good at these uh, these niche concepts. I think that's actually a title over at uh, ETR. Um, yeah. Kansas City defense tight end well, according to DVOA, minus 17% boost to tight end. They do give a 41% uh, DVOA boost to wide receiver ones. I think Devontae Adams captain for the Raiders is more appealing than Waller. But if Waller just doesn't come up at all, like guys that don't come up at all as who are pass catchers who we know have a ceiling, like definitely you should target more of. Um, I'm baffled that Waller only came up once. <laughs> out of this is almost a thousand lineups and Waller only came up once and his optimal rate is probably a lot higher. Um, Stochastic has his optimal rate at. Mm, they have Waller's captain optimal rate at 2.4%. A lot of Hunter Renfro. It looks like for captain optimal rate. Which is interesting because that wasn't coming up in our initial optimization of just the, you know, whatever the, the highest projected lineups are. It was a lot of Hunter Renfro at utility and not at captain. So, yeah, Renfro at captain could be appealing. Let's see what we get with that. Um, AJ Brown and Montgomery for Justin Jefferson. I, if it's a redraft, that doesn't honestly that Jefferson is a top three receiver. AJ Brown is a top 10 receiver. So, man, that's a tough call, though. I, I if you could get Herbert somehow, maybe I think that might be appealing, but um, honestly feels like a fair trade. Renfro, Matthew Wright, Valdez, Scantling, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. Can we get one where we still get Adams included? Yeah, Carr, Adams. Oh, no, wait, I got to select Renfro too. Wait, all right, whatever. I'm anyway. Point being, Renfro captain with Adams, I think, would have some appeal for me. Oh, I did the I did the either or click on Fantasy Cruncher. Too many fucking clicks on Fantasy Cruncher. Straight up standard league Joe Mixon for GT no for JT. No, uh, you got you could wait for Taylor. Wait for Taylor. Um, you're, you're giving up on a guy way too early that you spent the top pick on. If you could trade Joe Mixon for Taylor, do it. But the other way, I would not do. Taylor is supposed to be back, I think, this week as well. Um, Foster Moreau. 
Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, it's a control click. This is different than the Mac keyboard, so that's why it's throwing me for a little bit of because I am on a PC here. Uh, Waller. Yeah, man, Waller at Utility, also low-owned. Waller at Captain, nobody's going to fucking play. So yeah, I think don't play Matthew Wright. If I'm going to give, let's say, the three suggestions, this will be how I wrap up these showdown segments. Don't play Matthew Wright would be one suggestion, or try to play Carlson more than Wright. Um, don't play... Man. Don't play Mahomes' captain. Don't play Matthew Wright. Try to play more Waller, Renfro, Adams. I guess would be the three takeaways. And don't be afraid of Chiefs D with those lineups. I think if those are three and three A and three B for you guys. So uh, I hope that helps. Uh, again, it looks like a lot of ownership going to Mahomes captain, a lot of ownership with Hunter Renfro at utility. So those would be the two things to be mindful of ownership wise. You are running into a buzzsaw of people who've optimized every possible configuration of that if you do play it that way. So definitely keep that in mind. Guys, make sure before you go, please, please, please subscribe, like, and comment down below. Hit the like button. Helps me out a bunch here. We also can't get revenue on the channel right now until they verify my identity for the Splash Play YouTube. So all we have now are these other metrics, guys. So please subscribe, like, and comment. Of course, follow at Splash Play Pod. I will be back on Wednesday for NBA Best Ball. NBA Best Ball Wednesdays. We'll have it for at least one more week. So please come back then. And uh, yeah, otherwise, Friday at 10 a.m. with Pete as well. So that's always the, the marquee show that you guys deserve. Uh, but thank you all for hanging out here. Good luck tonight in the showdown. Take that advice if you can. Be smart about it. Play the Chiefs winning dominantly, but get different with your lineup builds. And I will see you guys again. Oh, I should go back to the intro so I could exit it gracefully. And I will see you guys again very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>